Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, creating pathways, connecting people to Christ, to others, to purpose. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast. In house, or bunch of guys. <laughs> was that a grunt? Yeah, that was. Or, 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 that was my. Yeah, I could do a time. Yeah. Tim Allen impression. Time, I could yeah. do a Marine Corps something. Anyway, Josh, Jeremy, and uh, Arnick. Well, so glad to be here. Yeah, uh, we are rolling through this "Get Outside of Yourself" series, and uh, week seven. So four installments of mission, three installments of giving. I've been really grateful for how it's felt. Uh, the mission stuff when Josh spoke, Melinda spoke, Delian Kelly spoke. That was great. It had a great flow, good coverage of material and engagement. And then the last. Uh, three weeks. It wasn't supposed to be me all three weeks. We talked about maybe some other people doing some things, but they're out of town. So it was, it was me the last three weeks, which maybe that's, maybe it's important to have the lead pastor talk about giving. I don't know. Anyway, I have been uh, grateful for how it's come across and Mm -hmm. uh, how it seems to have hit people and um, how they have received it, not just smacked them, hit them, right? But how it's been tossed out there and, and, uh, and they caught it. Have you guys uh, being the ones that sit there, hear it. How's that? How's it hitting you? And uh, what are you? What are you picking up in the in the room? The energy around it has been surprisingly nice. We come up in a culture of church when, when giving was talked about, you could hear a pin drop, and and it wasn't very pleasant coming from the pulpit either. So it just it, it it's been uniquely. Uh, engaged and involved in terms of the audience. Of course, I've got to see it and hear it, hear it. way too many times <laughs> with media. But just getting to go back and hear the laughter and the interaction and just sitting in the back during those sermons and hearing the commentary of people and where things hit them, and you can tell they're inspired by it. So from my viewpoint, it's been a really positive message that I've tried to actually carry some of that in two-minute increments to my church, and it's had an effect on our church and this church. I just think there's a lot of positivity surrounding it and a lot of personal growth taking place with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to uh, realize what we were celebrating before we turned the mics on. We were talking about an increase of, what would you say, 10 people in the last week. 10 brand new donors in the last month and three in the last week that have never given before. Yeah. So, uh, rather than be like, yay, more money. That's not, that's not been the point the whole time. Right. The point is, Hey, that's 10 people that are stepping into life more abundantly. Mm -hmm. They're finding a space where their hands are being open. They're giving to folks and they're beginning this journey, which, which we've all experienced, right? We have all experienced what it feels like and, and God's return on investment and his giving in return. And they're, uh, they're about to take that on. Yeah, so much of giving seems to be rooted in our assumptions and our, uh, all the things that we've gleaned from the things that we've heard and what we've assumed. And so your messages have been challenging, but they've been mostly full of grace. There's been such, such a graciousness in, in the presentation 
and that giving is is a grace that we give to ourselves and that we receive from the Lord and and then there's joy and freedom in being able to do that. And if there's not, it's not a cheerful giver probably that is is not enjoying the the graciousness that is is in the me- that was in your messages. So I'm so thankful for that. Appreciate. A big part of that, Andy, is that I think your perspective also has been coming, which is kind of rare, from the perspective of God as opposed to just the perspective of the giver. Because if you start talking about the giver, it can become a shame conversation, it can become a condemning conversation, or at least feel like that in some ways. But when you frame it in a way that talks about God's perspective of giving and how it's, you know, because you've been teaching it just like any other form of worship. And I think that's something that's unique about it, the perspective of God. Many times it's difficult because people feel like God has everything, so what would he need our little money for? But just getting to hear God's pleasure in that and how the turnaround is, I think my favorite scripture that I've heard you do so far is uh, the try me. and. Uh, see if I'll open the windows of heaven. Now, you can say that in Christ's way. You can't say that kind of thing at, at Recharge, though. Because you say that at Recharge, I said, God is daring you. Try me. And you get all the, you know, hey, glory. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different conversation at, at Recharge. But I love the framing of that scripture, the perspective of God, that God wants to bless us. He wants to be tried. He wants you to see if you could possibly ever outdo him in giving because you can't. So yeah. I hope that uh, the the story that we told of our first interaction, mm-hmm. yeah. I hope that got through yeah. in the it way did. I meant it. That and my kids enjoyed you, that. You short circuit. Yeah. You short circuit some giving, and there's a difference between invitation and coercion. And to and I think we do have a responsibility to invite people into things to invite them into a space of prayer, right? Welcome people to come pray. Uh, welcome people to come to the altar. Welcome people to join us in. And you can say in singing and clapping or standing or sitting or moving about. Like you can invite them into these spaces without it being uh, coercion where, here I think is the issue, my identity and my future identity, mm-hmm. my acceptance, uh, belonging, and community is then going to be measured on did I comply? So we don't want it to be, I mean, obedience is compliance, right? It is, that's what it is. You, you see that there's something that God wants you to do, and you say, yes. But it, it doesn't mean you were railroaded into it uh, or forced or coerced uh, or blackmailed or something, right? You can just see it as, okay, this is, this is good for me. And uh, that was the whole point in the please don't tell us, what to do or how to worship or stand or sit or sing or whatever. Right. Just let it happen. And I believe that that's what I hope is going on. I'm, I'm pretty thrilled about it. The possibility that people are just simply going to step in and say, I'm going to, I, I get it. I'm going to do this. And then the, the return of the blessing because it flowed out of them is greater than obedience. Right. Yeah. That's why I support, and you talked about this in your sermons. I don't feel like I'm saying something that you didn't say. That's why I support the idea of people that are in this space that 
believe the same values of Christ's way, that have that connection and worship and counsel and all the other things, family and just the, the sense of family that we have in this space. That's why I think there's a beauty in giving where you planning in a place where you also eat because you yeah. get to see it come to fruition so clearly. And you're a farmer, Josh. I mean, if I plant anywhere that has fertile ground, I'll get to see it come up. Mm -hmm. But if I plant at Josh's farm, I can go out there and watch it come up, watch what he does with it, watch the produce, watch the effect, and watch the cycle of that. So I just think that, of course, we don't condemn people that give wherever they give. But the beauty of getting to give where you are is seeing all that come to fruition. And this is the first church I've been in church a long time. It's the first church I ever seen get up on a Sunday morning and say where all the giving went. First time in the history of my life. And so just getting to see that, knowing that and what you're a part of, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think the um the joy of investing in something you're a part of. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I said it every Sunday. I get chided and, you know, like, hey, quit telling people they can give wherever they want to give. You know? <laughs> I say that because there's such stigma and shame right. and yuck around giving, right? That somebody's trying to line their pockets here. And so let's just absolutely disconnect that, unplug that, take that off the table. It doesn't matter to me where you give, but you should give. And it actually doesn't matter to me personally where you give. However, uh, that thing in Malachi, right? It, it does seem that the Lord was like saying, put the tithe in the storehouse of the church, you know, whatever that whole deal, maybe the implication there. But also when you give to something, there's a blessing. I, I don't know that I'll preach this Sunday, but it's a good point right now. There's a blessing. And I did say it last week when you give like rice bowls, how fantastic was that? Unbelievable. Normally $800, right? And over $3,000 and there's still stuff coming in. That is so that is so good. Such a healthy metric, right? Mm -hmm. So you see that, and to give to someone that you have no idea, you don't even know what the meal's going to be or who's going to get it. There's a tremendous maturity and blessing in that. Just the freehandedness of it all. Not because you saw, but because you're living a freehanded life, right? That's the blessing is I don't have to know. I don't have to be involved in everything. There doesn't have to be a return loop for me, feedback loop every time, right? I can just give to give. So there's a blessing in that. And then what I don't speak about probably enough, and maybe I'll shift gears and do this more. There's a blessing in giving and investing in the thing that you see and that you live in and the people that you hang around with yeah. and this local church where you give into the local church and you begin to realize this is a funny story. I, I don't know. I feel like I shared this with somebody the other day. Uh, we had a church plant in New England in the mid-90s, mid to late-90s. And uh, it was a small church, eight to ten adults. We had a lot of kids. We had several hundred kids through the years, but just a small group of adults that would meet on Sunday night. One of those adults was in our house one day, and we were offering them something to eat, a drink, you know, whatever. And she, she leaned against our counter, and she looked over, and she goes, Wow, this is crazy. Like, I'm buying the food in this house. <laughs> Total new cover, right? She's like, wow, this is nuts. Like, I'm, I'm tired. Like, I'm buying the groceries in this house. That's something. Wow. Which she wasn't wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Right? A tie that she, among others, and it was only a few people, but that money was income for our family and kept us there and fed us, right? So uh, there's a blessing to invest it and be a part of it and see it. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. And when those, I think when those two things are disconnected, giving gets a lot harder. If, if, my, if my heart isn't following my treasure, well, the scripture says it will. And when we take fill it full of obligation and we're try, we're trying to disconnect those two things instead of being a cheerful giver and enjoying the process. And I, I remember studying a little about the uh, the habits of giving in in Israel and thinking about how many of their sacrifices and their gifts, yeah, that went to the priests, it went to the temple services. But there was lots of parties and lots of celebrations and lots lots of feasts and and the the giver participated in not just the the sacrifice but in the consumption of some of those sacrifices yeah. and for me when i was like when i made that understanding that i can give and enjoy the ministry and the service and the activity that that giving yeah. you don't that, give and miss out yeah yeah and and, and that that both of the, that it's okay for that that I, that it's not something that you know now there is gifts that i give and i have no idea it's the rice bowl i don't i'm trusting completely i'm putting this in the hands of the lord and his and his ministers to do with what um they're called and directed to do and i give open-handedly and then there's other giving that yeah, I would love to buy you a meal mm-hmm. and enjoy it with you. Right. And it, it, it kind of multiplies, it multiplies the blessing. Yeah. It multiplies the blessing of being generous, and I believe it multiplies the blessing of receiving generosity because that's, that's a struggle also to, uh, if you've not been on mission trip, had to ask people for money, and, or if uh, that ask is difficult sometimes and pride gets in the way of that too so that that graciousness of of you can give and we accept your gift and will you accept the gift that that all can the health of that is freedom and it is abundant life to be able to walk in that space i think and i took you know i have a i I agree with everything you guys have said but what i've been processing from the depth several weeks is um uh, pride, you know, there's this pride that sometimes even rises up in me still of, you know, well, I mean, what is, is it working? What, what is something happening here? Or am I just doing this out of religious duty? And last night I was reminded again um, about how vast and big God is. Like he, the gap between he and his creation is large. Let's, if we're really thinking about this, this isn't like, you know, he is our friend, but he's also the creator of the universe. And so the gap is large. And he wrote this book and it's like our instruction manual. It doesn't, believe it or don't believe it, it's almost like, I felt like he said to me personally, shut up and give, believe me. That's how he speaks to me sometimes because of my pride and my thick headedness. I need to hear it more bluntly. And the question is, we can, if we're giving out of this, this heart of pride where we really don't want to give our money, then 
I would suggest you don't do it personally. Um, I don't know if Andy would say that, but I think you would. Have, just give generously. Be generous and watch and see what happens. But you can't it, expect to have the blessing out of that because you're missing the point. Exactly. It's not exactly about the coins. It's nothing to do with it. It's about the heart giving the yeah. coins, the generosity, the gratitude, all those things. The, get, the three Gs, giving and generosity and gratitude, those are mm-hmm. woven. And when they are together, that's, that's the win. Yeah, when he it's just our heart is so stuck to money. Yes. So when we're doing discovery, right? I'm like, I'm not talking about your talent or your time. I'm talking about cash. Write a check. Yeah. Giggle, giggle. People laugh, you know. But we're so connected to our money. That's why I would say that. And again, it's not be here. Although we're making a case that it's wonderful to give where you see it grow. Mm-hmm. But it's about that heart, and that's revealing of our heart. That's the whole process. Yeah. And the question is, the, the verse, you know, is it better to, it is better to give than to receive. If you don't feel that way, then it's a heart search. You need to start having a conversation That's with a the Lord mm-hmm. about how you feel about giving. Because if you don't feel like it's better to give than receive, then the kingdom you're living in is backwards. So you need to flip, flip that into the, the kingdom of the Lord, and he'll show you that, that, how that changes. Yeah. I've had conversations with people within the last few years, you know, and I have this thing where I'm like, you know, if it doesn't sound like good news, it's probably not. Mm-hmm. So your gospel, that gospel message, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're just pushing and struggling against it. And I'm like, man, the the gospel that you're believing isn't that isn't that encouraging? Like it's not that encouraging. Yeah, not freedom. Yeah, it's right? not, not good news. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know you feel and you're grinding it out. You know yep. that that would be the same kind of measure around giving, like. And it just, it tells us something. It's like a, a gauge on a dashboard. The light goes, the yellow light comes on, right? My giving is a little off. And you could be as faithful as clockwork, right? And still be off, right? Yep. My giving is a little bit off. Lord, help me be that cheerful giver and that perspective of knowing what you have given me. And, and then it's heart revealing. Yeah. We have, we, we've got some friends from South Africa that are, um, we met there. While we met them, they were they were running a house of prayer in this little town on the coast, way south. And um, we met them and instantly had a connection. They ended up living on our farm in South Africa for a little while. They're currently traveling the States. But since I've known them, since 2014, so coming on 10 years almost, um, they have lived completely 100% by faith, meaning they don't ask for money. They travel all over the world. And he's the first guy, if I go to him and he will buy me, he would give me anything. He would buy me anything. He would do anything for me. And yet they don't have a job, neither one of them, husband and wife. They've put their son through college hmm. and they travel the world. And it's all, I believe it's only because God's called them to do that, number one, because that's a very difficult life. But number two, it's because they are so generous with their, not just their money, but everything. Their, their life is gener- generosity, and they're giving all the time. When you live that generous lifestyle, you realize that if I'm not generous in this, I'm plugging up the flow. Yeah. There is a flow. Outflow, inflow, outflow, movement. And, and I just want to be the pipe and uh, not, not be in the way. Yeah, that, that is so right. And just something that I want to hone in on that Josh said about call. We are not removing call from this. We're not just asking people to haphazardly give because that is a mistake too. Mm -hmm. We're asking you to have passion. So I I think that there's 
two things working and there's there's the people that give and then there's what we preach for people to give something you said last week i think you said it in the podcast and your message last week that you don't want to frame when you're up talking about giving a sense of desperation that oh god we're in crisis please give you're connecting people to passion and to have passion creates outflow. If it's created from crisis or it's created from an idea of desperation. And what I mean by that specifically more than anything, I'm not knocking people that are in a desperate circumstance. What I mean by that is a sense of mishandling or poor stewardship of what God has given us to watch over. When it comes from those places, I think those are the places that have caused people to disconnect from giving. And as you said, money is a place of treasure for people. So what we're trying to preach to people is that they find what they're passionate about and they feel a sense of call to. We have a job fair coming up. And when I was looking at some of the jobs that we have for the worship and media, it just hit me, you're saying that, and I kind of wrote that into a questionnaire that I've been working on. What do you actually feel called toward? Where is your passion like? It's the same thing with giving. Just like I, I have a sense of gift to be a musician, and I saw that as a passion. When you give, I don't think you should give haphazardly. Now, that doesn't mean you always, as you said, know the end of that thing. But you need to be drawn by passion towards giving. And I would say, as I think about some of the folks in ministries that we we've given to or give to currently some of them are young people that are trying to scratch out a ministry for the kingdom you know mm -hmm. i'm always in that corner yay right it's my history and i have background in that and 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 received gifts that way right so you want to you want to be a part of that and you celebrate with them and then other things that you know it's a timely mission something comes across your radar and you're like oh we need to we need to be a face in this story it was the woman alone in her car to the woman moving she's moving one day but you were a part of that. You loaned your car to her. You let her use it. She's moving her stuff. You've helped, right? And that's that. So there are these different kinds of giving and investment that I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. Again, this rice bowl thing is a big deal, I think. Uh, it, it's, it's only $3,000. We could write a $3,000 check. Like I could say, Jeremy, please write a $3,000 check. And You'll talk to the other trustee and you'll roger up and you'll write a $3,000 check. Mm -hmm. You write it for bubblegum, right? Whatever. I mean, just write a check, whatever. But this is different. It was nine hundred for years, $800,000, $900,000. And now it's three times that. And what I've been thinking lately is I've been thinking, Lord, because I, I was inspired by a man named Larry Stockstill who pastors in Baton Rouge. And uh, the freedom curriculum is Chris Hodges and Larry Stockstill is his pastor. So he was speaking at Highlands College. He was talking about giving, Larry Stockstill, mm -hmm. who's like a grandpa. You know, he's like 70s or 80 or something. And uh, he said, I remember when the Lord put it on my heart for our church to, to give a million dollars to missions. I thought, Lord, that'd be so good. He said, we weren't close. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, a million dollars to missions. Oh, that'd be great. And so uh, he said, and then we did. And then a little bit later it was two, and then three, and then four million. And uh, I've been in that mindset lately. I've been thinking, what if? And I don't even have a I don't even have a target in mind. That's the whole point. I'm just saying, what kind of church will this be? 
this, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about us. I'm not even thinking about the recipient of the money. Mm-hmm. What kind of church will this be if we were able to give away a million dollars, which is just some arbitrary number, but give something away. Goodness sakes, if we were able to give away $100,000, that'd be a big deal for us. But just, and then grow that and grow that and grow that generosity and grow that missional thing. And I was listening to a post-Easter service from Highlands and they were just giving some numbers, right? Uh, you guys, I told you this, they had 97,000 people in church on Easter. They have like 25 campuses or something like that. And he just said, and you know, last year we were able to give $20 million to mission. Yeah, he was happy about that. <laughs> like, okay. And whoever receives that, fantastic, right? But I'm kind of hungry. I'm kind of hungry. I'm kind of longing. I've got a, like a chest pull of like, what would that be, Lord, if, if, if we as a community were able to just give? And again, I don't even have any target thing in mind. I don't even think it matters. But to be that kind of congregation that is able to give, give, give the freedom and the flow and the anointing and the worship because they're connected, right? The worship and heart and giving and generosity and connectedness to the Lord to be able to hear prioritizing God. (laughs) All that stuff is really, really, really wrapped together. Mm -hmm. And that I think it would be not to... uh, I don't even think they were bragging about it. I think at all. At all. I think they were informing people, hey, yeah. your gifts this past year. So, you know, yay. How wonderful that would be. Yeah. And it's affecting everything. It affects everything. And I thought that I'd come here today and say something I hadn't said. You know, Sunday when I knew we were going to be talking about giving again. And we were preparing before service. I'm standing up on the stage and I'm looking at these musicians that six months ago they weren't on the stage. Most of the people that were up there was different personnel. And I'm looking and I'm looking at these tablets and all these things. I'm watching somebody, something again that is arbitrary to someone, but I'm looking at it because I know the inside story of it. Someone turning their tablet with their foot and it's making them a better musician. (laughs) And that was an idea you had, Jeremy, (laughs) what, six weeks ago. And you're like, Arnie, get on top (laughs) of it, do it. And I go do it. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. We're in our sound check and I'm like, we're about to talk about giving and it's directly affecting these people's capability to come up on this stage and freely become better at what they do. So it doesn't just affect people that are destitute or or just missions that are outside of the house. It affects the house. When people give and they're engaged and passionate about something, I sang a song this week, Gratitude. But I sang it because last Sunday, Marilyn kind of came to me after church and she twisted my arm and said, you're going to sing Gratitude next week. And so we scheduled it, and we lost our lead. And I was like, well, I don't want to go back to Maryland and tell her. We're not singing that. But the sense of passion that we have is feeding off the sense of passion that the people in the audience have for what we're doing. So it does become this cycle, and it affects everything that we do in our ministry. It makes it easier for my job. And so we're grateful for that. We're grateful for how the giving and the generosity 
of the people in this church affects being able to teach people and make them better, singers, worshipers, musicians, affects it every Sunday. Yeah, yeah, because the mission of the church matters. Yes. You know, and I know growing up that giving was, giving that went out of the local church seemed to be valued higher than the mission of the local church. And so, like, there was a process in my life where that kind of stuff, that, well, he's, they're spending a lot of money on iPads. I don't need that. You know, that, they're not, the, but, but the shift of joy in giving, joy in, joy in service, using the gifts and talents, and that the mission of the local church matters, that, that, the, that the soul affected, freed, yeah. Into into generosity, into life giving that I can see face to face is as valuable as the one that I that is across the ocean, yeah. and to the both of those things are true, and and I think it that process of and that and that's probably where I would say then get that um, because it it says this mission matters, the mission overseas matters, and it grows my heart to be able to say to be able to say yes to more and you can't say yes with closed hands. That's right. Well, I think what you bring up as well is um, the idea realization that uh, we probably did have a hierarchy like this, uh, that the North American church exists to evangelize the world. And so we need to get the gospel to people that don't know it. Well, I'll tell you right now, there are folks that come in this room Every single week, that don't know the gospel, right? They they don't know the gospel. This isn't like Western Indiana is all set. Like there are folks that come in that either have never heard it. I was teaching a class out in Baltimore years ago. I was a high school teacher. It was a world literature class. The in 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 the book, huge book. It wasn't me pulling a Bible. The huge book. It had like ancient literature, and it had the Book of Ruth. And so we were studying the book of Ruth. And I mentioned a little timeline. I did a little Bible thing up there and showed them Old Testament, New Testament. Someone raised their hand and they're like, excuse me, what's that? What's that old what? I thought they were joking. It was a sophomore, sophomore in high school class. The old, the, the old what? I said, it's Old Testament, New Testament. And that's in the Bible? I said, yeah, it's two parts. Never heard that before. <laughs> and I was like, I'd like to go, are you kidding me? But you're not kidding me. You're absolutely serious, totally honest question. And there are folks that don't, couldn't name three books of the Bible, don't, know, don't own one, don't know the gospel, and probably whatever they have been exposed to, as we mentioned earlier, may not be that good in news. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so for us to be able to uh, value the mission here of reaching and the nets and what helps people do their job, do their worship job better. Yeah. Great. You know, like Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, I think it's Acts, Acts 1, he said, you know, you're going to receive power and you'll be my witnesses in first Jerusalem, yeah. then Judea, Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. Yeah. And so I've taken that in my life of right here, right now first. Right. And then let's go. So I think the mission of the Church of Christ Way in Terre Haute, Vigo County, Indiana, 
United States and then the ends of the earth. That's that's how I see it. it yep. One big circle after circle after circle, yep. and it's just as important. And the Vigo County mission is not done. No. We are doing all those, right. Mm-hmm. right, consecutive, those concentric circles yep. all happening consecutively serving and giving. It's pretty exciting uh, to get these texts from people and, and kind of hear the joy and the tone that they, that they talk with you. And, and it's like this, you've revealed something for them, uh, which, is, which is actually a, a huge key to blessing is when I'm open-handed and uh, the Lord can talk to me and I can give and I can receive. So uh, appreciate your uh, comments on that, fellas. Um, Jeremy, how about closing us out today? Yeah, good. Appreciate that. Uh, Lord, we don't want to close our heart. Don't want to close out on on the the joy of the next opportunity to be generous. Uh, Father, I pray for the hearts that struggle to receive generosity. Lord, because it takes someone willing to receive generosity for someone else to be generous. And being in both spaces is is a, a life of freedom. Lord, I know your son received the gifts of of a woman who would break a jar of perfume on his on him, who would cry at his feet, uh, things that his followers looked at him and said, What are you doing? And he received those things with grace and generosity. And he gave with grace and generosity to people that were overlooked uh, and some that were envied. And, and generosity was a lot of flu- it flowed out of him. Uh, help it to flow out of us, that life would flow out of us, both with our money, uh, with our time, uh, with our with our receiving and of others. Father, thank you that that you want us to have abundant life and you modeled those things, not for us to be afraid of them, but for us to grow and enjoy them. I thank you for the joy of life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, so if you're just joining us for this podcast, I, I hope you picked up on the fact uh, there are seven preceding weeks of messages and six preceding weeks of uh, podcasts where we have dialed in, dialed down, and hopefully uh, discussed and expanded on uh, mission and giving. So there's freedom in it. There's joy in it. We want you to be a part of it. Thank you for joining us today. We love you. Appreciate you. Thank you for taking that time, investing that time. And until next time, take care.